Welcome. My name is Tracy Stevens, and this is the Healing Point Podcast. So, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm really interested to hear what you're going to bring today and what we're going to talk about. So, what is it that you'd like to explore today? It's something that's quite new, but I think it's part of something that's been going on for quite a while. So the new thing is that uh, in my nicker line, I, at certain times in my cycle, have really strong itching. It's like a really heated sensation. It seems really internal, like when I'm scratching. You know, when you have an itch and you scratch it and you're like, okay, that's done. It seems like it's really deep-rooted and I have made myself bleed. Wow. Um, at points when doing it, um, I use like a, an ointment that I put on that's really cold and that seems to soothe it. The the part of the problem that I think is bigger is that we've been trying for children for seven years. Um, we have a four-year-old, Herbie. Uh, since he turned one, we've been trying for that time. Um, and it's just something that started coming up about... 18 months ago, which is really interesting because I had a a bit of an awakening in our garden where I just thought I can't live like this anymore. I was putting a lot of junk food into my body. I wasn't sleeping very well and I wasn't talking very kindly to myself. And it sort of coincided with that. So I went on this journey and then this sort of flared up. Um, And interestingly, I, I read something the other day that said, it was a book. I was reading a book and it said itching to get away. And I just sort of had this a bit of an aha moment of, oh my God, you know, that you say that, don't you? When you're itching, you say itching to get away. And I was like, maybe I'm trying to get away from something. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Well, is the itching, is it central, like central sort of abdomen or is it just like all around the sort of nickel line? So it changes. So it's in the nicker line and then for my entire cycle, but around ovulation, it feels more central to like where my clitoris is. It goes inward rather than outward. Okay. Is it there all the time, the itching? So can you notice it now? Is it not- if you if you put your attention? So I notice it more at night time. Right. Okay. In the day, I just it just if it is there, I'm just not mindful of it. Right. Okay. So when you go to bed at night and you lie down and you're trying to relax and go to sleep, that's when you notice it. Yeah. And does it interrupt your sleep? As in, does it prevent you from falling asleep for a while? Yeah. I wouldn't say it wakes me up, but I would definitely say it creates me not being able to go to sleep. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, you've been. You say you've been trying. You've been trying for a baby since you had Herbie. Yeah, trying for a second one. Well, not since, but in the last year or two. Yeah, it's three years this January. Okay, and how much time does that take, and space does it take up in your head? A lot. Yeah, I. You know, I'm doing a lot of work now. Where I'm, for for example. My sister had her second baby and I skipped a period 
and a friend of mine had their second baby and I skipped a period. And I've been doing a lot of meditation and a lot of Mm. uh, sort of positive affirmation to myself in the mirror. And last week, my period was due on Saturday. I held my friend's second baby on Friday and my period still came on the Saturday. So I was very proud of myself because I'm doing a lot of work knowing that I I am sort of my own block. Yeah. You know, when I, when I miss that period, I don't do it because a baby is placed into my arms. I do it because of what I make that mean. Yes. Yes. And what do you make that mean? That I'm not good enough to have a second baby. Ah, okay. Okay. That's big. Yeah. And where have those thoughts started to come from, do you think, you know? I'm not good enough to have a second baby. Do you have any I do you have any concept of where that has come from? I did a lot of talking therapy last year for the year and I had an older brother who when he was 6 and I was 2 he passed away with leukemia and my dad's parents I felt as I was growing up especially into primary going through into secondary there was a lot of pressure of, right, you're the eldest now. You need to make sure that, you know, you do well in school. You're going to go to university and X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And when you're when you're talking about that, how does that feel in your body? You know, what's happening in your body right now? My heart, yeah. It feels tight and and it's almost in my throat as well as if, I have a belief that I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say any of this, you know. I don't I shouldn't hurt people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And can I just ask you just to stay with that feeling that's that's happening in your body right now and just allow it to be there. Because there's you were two when your brother died. Yeah. What's it like for a two year old? in that situation in a family what was it like for her she had no idea I think she would have felt it yeah but she didn't understand like the adult concept of what was going on no no and and how's it how's it feeling now yeah I feel calmer let's just focus on that for a moment that that part of you it was two when all of this happened so um your brother was brother had leukemia so it must so it was probably uh there was a process that went on and an illness Mm -hmm. I I think it was uh, diagnosed as I was coming through right okay what was the environment like how was your you know how did your mum cope with all of that so my mum's Coping mechanism is to bury things. She avoids things. Right. There was a lot of alcohol in my upbringing. I don't know when it started because my next sister was conceived on the death of my brother. So my mum just had this whole existence in alcohol for a long time, right up until I was, say, 15. And then I think we were becoming a vi- bit more verbal so we'd you know say it wasn't right maybe I I remember being a child that definitely 
I stood up for myself a lot. And because I had two little sisters, I almost felt like I had to. It wasn't always a choice. Yeah. So the responsibility was then on on you. Yeah. How much responsibility do you take now for your mum and your sisters? I think a year ago I would have I would have argued a lot with you. I would have said, you know, no, my mum is her own person. It wasn't really until last year where I discovered I, I parent a lot. You know, I I have parents, but I parent them a lot. I parent a lot of people a lot. It's a it's a real it's a real exercise for me to say, actually I'm an adult and you're an adult. Like I do it in my head, you know, if I find myself coming into a situation, I place myself into adult and they can do what they wish. Yeah, that's it's interesting that, isn't it? That so uh, you take on that role because if you take on the role of parenting, which you probably have done from, you know, way back, mm-hmm. it's because you are feeling the weight of the responsibility to do that. So it's the being sensible. It's a survival instinct, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I, I have to be in control of this situation because I see others as lacking that ability to hold the space for me and to parent me. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes you vigilant and independent. But also in that sort of, I have to keep my eyes open for all the things that might happen. Does that, does that resonate with you? Yeah. Okay. There's something you said that I thought was really interesting. And you said your mum's um, pattern was for avoidance. And then when you were first talking about this problem, you were talking about that itching to get away. Yeah. And of course, when we're children, we are, we're living and absorbing that energy of our parents. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the the responsibility that you take on for your sisters and your parents? I mean, how do you feel about it? How, if I said to you, "Oh, you're you're looking after your you're caring for your sisters," and I don't know if they rang you up and needed something, and how does that feel in your body? That idea of responsibility for them it's overwhelming. But there was a period. Uh, it literally happened after the lockdown. My sister had had her second and then she went through a breakup and she went to live with my other sister and that didn't work for about a week. And then she came to live with us and she was here about six weeks. And I remember towards the end of the six weeks, it, it was just getting too much. You know, we had a three-year-old, there was a three-year-old with my sister and a one-year-old with my sister and all the emotions that were not being discussed and sat with, I suppose, were just in the air of our home. And I got a call from my mum one day and she said, you need to fix this, you need to sort this out because my sister had gone there in tears and I was just trying to get through the days And I just exploded back at my mum and I was like, it's not your job to fix this. It's not my job to fix this. You know, this is my sister's life and she's an adult of it. And she needs to, you know, work this through and find a new normal, but it's not my job to fix this. Yeah. I remember just immediately feeling a weight had lifted. 
But then very soon after that call, I went straight into guilt and shame. What have you done? You've now got to make this right with your mum. And there was this really like strong responsibility. And I'm not going to call it connection. It was it was more like like a chain. There was a chain, you know. It didn't feel, to me, connection is healthy, but this didn't feel healthy. And this was before I'd read a book called The Mother Wound. Yeah. And I was I was really unaware of a pattern, you know, and a conditioning, I think, that I was living in. So she was actively giving you the responsibility for your sister at that point. She was passing it on to you. Yeah. But if you had seen her, Tracy, she'd closed down. My mum couldn't function as an adult. So where she was saying to me, you need to fix this, was because there there was nothing of my mum that could do anything. Yeah. So at that time then, I thought that that was then my responsibility to then fix my mum. What had I then done to my mum? I'd even further burdened her by not being the responsible you know, hold the world on top of my shoulders child that she was raising, had raised. That's a lot of weight to carry. A lot of weight. And how far back do you think that feeling goes of taking on that? I feel like on the journey that I've taken, I feel like the, the responsibility goes beyond me. I feel like what is in my bones is bigger than Kelly. It goes back and back and back. Yeah, I I honestly feel like I'm holding a lot of ancestral pain in my body. Okay. And how does that show itself? Through the things that I have that go on in my body. So I have plantar fasciitis in my left foot, which my mum has and my mum believes my nan had. Right. So I believe probably her mum did. And I believe there's something there that someone is trying to say, right, you've got to figure this out to heal all those pains backwards. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's the left foot as well, which is that female side. Yeah. And here's the thing about ancestral healing is that it has, it's come to you. And you can only deal with that in the present moment as well. So this is you dealing with the stuff in the present moment, and it's it's um, it's a pattern maybe that has been has been handed down. Do you think your do you think your mother would had um, like issues with responsibility before she had children, or in in her in her childhood as well? So my mum's father was physically abusive to my nan and my nan my mum was the eldest you know I I wasn't the eldest but I am the eldest okay my mum was the eldest and she would she said she would say to me I would be cooking a roast age seven so I I felt always that there was a lot of responsibility and my my nan I it's got it's got a name it's arthritis but it's quite progressive and my nan's knuckles were like huge yeah. So from like 30, she couldn't do simple things like tie laces. So my mum would do a lot. But but what I noticed the other day in my mum's kitchen is my mum's knuckles are looking huge. So I'm then sitting and looking at my hands thinking, is 
you know, am I, is this going to carry through to me as well? And the answer is no, if, if you do the work, because it's more about the environment and the energy that you're, that you're carrying these thoughts with, really. How does it feel to have all that burden on you? These generations, these, and your, you know, your own family and the other girls and in your family. How does it feel to hold that burden? I feel like I'm in two places. I feel like, so I'm, I'm in my period at the moment and I don't know why, but I've worked really hard to see that with the blood is an, is a new chance. So it's a new beginning and, you know, we get to go again. So right now where I'm at in the cycle, I feel like it's a gift. You know, I've awakened to the place where I know that th- this work can happen and I could, I could heal myself. And more beautiful than that, I can heal forwards and backwards. But when I have ovulation, that I have a lot of anger come with ovulation. I say to Phil, my husband, it's very ironic to me that at the time when I'm releasing an egg, I don't want you to come near me. I feel like a ball of rage. And if you ask me in that moment, then yeah, I'm really pissed. And I can't believe that no one did any work before me. So I'm a conflict. And, and I understand that. And that is really, that is really interesting, isn't it? I want to tune into your, your, your two-year-old self, you know, your, your really young self, if, if we can, because there's an answer there. Because within your body and within your cells, you're carrying this pattern and plantar fasciitis is I can't walk forward, you know, I can't actually put my foot down in this world. I'm being held back. It's sitting within you. And I feel like the key is there in inside of you. I'm just wondering whether we can tune into that youngest part of you. What's your very earliest memory? My very earliest memory is a memory that I think I've been told. And it's that my mum drops me. I can feel it. Like I can, I've done meditation and I can see it. But my mum drops me at my dad's mum's house and I'm holding around my mum's neck and I'm screaming and she's pulling me to give me to my nan. Right. Okay. And if you can feel that now, can you tune into that? How, how old? Two or three. About two or three, okay. Can you tune into that two or three-year-old there who's clinging to your mum? Now, imagine that two-year-old in that place. Now being asked to take more responsibility on. What would she say if you said, we're going to have another baby? She'd be confused. I think she'd be angry. And she'd be angry because? Because she's not feeling like she's being seen or getting her needs met. So she can't understand how you can add onto that. Yeah. That part of you is, is attached to your nervous system. She's guiding that. She's guiding your body. 
does this make sense in terms of what might be happening around your period time and with the irritation? How's, how's that fitting together for you? I think, so I moved home when I had Herbie and there's parts of me now that doesn't quite understand why I did that. I think because we took three years to conceive Herbie, I didn't believe that I'd be a good mum and coming here almost felt like I ne- I needed saving. Right. Whereas I think I am a good mum and now the move doesn't quite make sense to me. Okay. Going back to that time when you conceived Herbie and you were, you know, you moved, it sounds like that that is something that is being repeated now in terms of how this itching, you know, this itching to move. Yeah. Because it's almost like I need, I need something to change and something to shift in order to be this good mum and. Yeah. Bring another another child into the world, or yeah, it's like you you're associating a physical situation with those emotions and the the situation that you found yourself in last time. It's it's almost like there's a part of you that wants to wants to repeat the situation, but there's also another part of you. I mean, this is the thing, we're all we're all split up into these different personalities. We've all got a whole family going on inside of us. And this is where the conflict comes up because attached to your nervous system is a small child that doesn't want to take on any more responsibility and just wants to be a kid and just wants to play. And then there's another part of you that says, yes, well, we did this last time and I'm, in order to meet my goal of getting pregnant, then maybe we need to move. But then also, you've got another really angry part of you yeah, that doesn't want to take on any more responsibility. It's like, no, it's everybody else's problem, not, you know, but also feels conflicted with that because not taking on the responsibility is is also creating guilt. And yeah, because anger in our house wasn't allowed. I joined something last year, which was with 60 other women and it required you to talk a lot like on zoom and my whole throat the whole time would be on fire and you know my thought process is you've got nothing to say that they want to hear you know and I did a lot of work with that and I think a lot of that comes from childhood as well and when I'm itching I had acupuncture last year and he said basically my stomach my womb area is freezing you know and I'm thinking about that. And as I'm itching, I'm like, all my heat is there. I've got no heat in my womb and it's all lower. Yeah. And I always think when I've been a child and I've had these real angry moments and I want to talk, but I can't, I think I'm putting that heat in my body. Well, there's anger still in you and it's not being expressed. And so that that anger does create heat in terms of, yeah, Chinese medicine. That's how I see anger as well, as suppressed anger in particular. Yeah. But this is a very deep, deep wound because it means that what happens is that child is actually scared, feels like she can't speak. So you've always got this conflict. So there's the adult version of you that is working her way through this and doing all the work, but still within your nervous system is this program 
that is running that has a voice and says, I can't speak. I've got to take on responsibility. I've got to look after everyone else. I'm not supposed to be relaxed. I'm not supposed to play. I'm not supposed to find my joy. And because I am supposed to be like this, here's the work, which is connecting in with that very youngest part of you, that that program that she's living in, because she doesn't know how to change that herself. What does a child of two or three need? Love, connection. Yeah. Fun, joy, no responsibility, and to feel safe and loved and be able to shout and cry and let those emotions out. Yeah, and not be judged and shamed. Exactly, exactly. This is the core of it all, is that there's fear Yeah, right at the root here. It's fearful having a brother that dies. It's scary. It's scary for a young child. You know, a young child doesn't really understand death, but just understands that whatever happened made everything just go downhill and made life quite hard and not joyful. That's all that child understands inside of you. Yeah. So there's this fear that comes up when the thought of bringing another responsibility into your life comes up. Yeah, I think you just got it. <laughs> and also you've, you know, there's there's this whole female line issue going on here as well. It's can I relax to be female? Can I let go? And the more you give that inner child her safety, your love, instead of talking to this rash in that, ah, uh, you know, that sort of irritated, uh, you know, I can't believe this has come up again type of way. Yeah. If you can feel love and connection with that rash, because that is a part of you that is just fearful. Yeah. The anger is over the top of that. There is anger there and it might be worth, you know, you can journal on that. Yeah. But yeah, how's this how this how's this all landing with you? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. But it just makes perfect sense to me because it's almost like around the time conception can happen, I am physically, mentally and emotionally running away. Absolutely. And it makes sense. I'd never thought of it in the context of her. So this is your work, is finding that connection with her and keep loving her and keep reassuring her. How's it feeling in your body now as I'm saying these things? Like warm, warm fluid. Yeah. And this is the work. So, you you know, every time you feel the itch and go, you're saying, oh, okay, I'm here. I'm here. It's okay. We don't need to move. We don't need to run away. We don't need to avoid. We're not, you know, I'm not, I'm not my mum and everything's working out for me, you know? Yeah. And if you can soften that, I mean, if you can soften those thoughts towards yourself and especially as it gets towards more to ovulation time, if you can accept the joy that it comes from having a loving partnership. If you can work on, uh, can I just, can I just release the tension I'm feeling and really just really tune into that 
that part of you that is wanting to avoid and say, no, 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 we're not going to do that this time. We're, you know, we'll do it differently because if we do the same thing, the same thing keeps happening. We have to change something. Yeah. And if you can maintain that and work with that for the whole month, you might be surprised. Who knows? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. That's an important release you've just had. Yeah. Yeah, that, that felt huge. Yeah. Just notice what happens in your body as you start to connect. You can feel it in the energy. I, I feel more like flexible, you know, like I could move easier. I felt very tight and I just feel like a weight has been lifted. Yeah, and it's and it's the same for the you know what's going on in your foot. You know, you're 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 literally digging your heels in and and staying in the same place and going you know like using the anger to set up the boundary. But if you if you can in your interactions, especially with your mum and your sisters, just think about that sort of more loving, softer way. It doesn't mean giving. I'm not talking about giving here. I'm talking about putting a boundary down without needing to use the anger, like say, stick stick your heels in and stay, I'm I'm here and I'm not doing it. It's more like, well, you know, everyone's an adult yeah. and I'm just going to sit back and watch what happens and not, there's a slight difference in the energy. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, there is, yeah. Again, it's just working with that that side of your body going, yeah, we're not going to travel in the same direction that my mother and grandmother and great-grandmother have travelled. You know, I'm going in a new direction. Yeah. Okay. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks so much for this conversation and i just love to hear how you get on. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, you'll find a lot more content on my Instagram account at thehealingpoint.underscore. If you have a question you'd like to explore and are willing to take part in the podcast, you'll find all the information you need on my website, which is www.tracystevens.org/podcast. Thanks and see you soon.